From KCLU, this is The 101, a podcast where we journey up and down Highway 101 along California's central and south coast, sharing stories and conversations from Oxnard to Santa Barbara to Point Conception and beyond. I'm your host, Michelle Loxton. It's season five, a season about discovery. There are about 100,000 undocumented immigrants in Ventura and Santa Barbara counties. They make up about 10% of the population of Santa Barbara County and 7% of Ventura County's population. That's a lot of illegal workers in our region. And critics of this country's messed up immigration policies often charge that these undocumented immigrants are a strain on local economies. Not true, says a new study. This study shows what kind of interdependence exists between a large group of undocumented immigrants and the economy of the region. To put that interdependence into numbers, the report shows this group, through their work in industries like agriculture, manufacturing and construction, contribute over $9 billion annually to the local economy. They also pay, personally, over $2 billion in state and federal taxes every year. They're not takers of the tax money. They are makers of the tax money. In this episode of The 101, we meet two undocumented workers. Hola, mi nombre es Leticia. Eh, mi nombre es Jorge. Leticia and Jorge spoke to us about their lives and their jobs to reveal how they contribute to the local economy. They say there are benefits they wish they received, but don't because of their illegal status. We do this all to discover just how financially reliant our region is on the economic contributions of undocumented immigrants. This is The 101. I'm Michelle Loxton. When you interact with Jamshid Damui about economics, you'll find his reports are full of numbers, but his words are full of passion. Can we imagine a California without undocumented immigrants? I would say no. He's a professor of economics and the executive director of the Center for Economics of Social Issues at California Lutheran University, the licensee of KCLU. Many of us do know, generally, the importance undocumented immigrants play in our local economies. Most may think of farm workers. But Demui wanted to find out how important their contributions were. You know, what does the data show? And when you really look at that picture, you see that they are an inseparable part of this economy. Inseparable. Interdependence. These words are the theme of this report. Demui's research details how undocumented workers contribute to the regional economy in two main ways, through their jobs or work, and through the taxes they pay. Let's start with jobs. In both counties, more than 30,000 undocumented immigrants work in agriculture, by far the largest share of jobs in this population. I can't imagine that we can have agriculture either in Ventura County or Santa Barbara or in in California as a whole. Without undocumented immigrants, it just cannot be imagined to exist. Thousands more work in retail, manufacturing, construction 
and other industries. Their work contributes to the local economy in three ways. There's the direct impact, indirect impact, and induced impact. To paint a picture of what these fancy economic terms actually mean, I'll use agriculture as an example. Let's say you have a farm worker who has a job as a strawberry picker. That work directly contributes to the regional GDP. Then other industries pop up around agriculture. In our example, let's imagine those strawberries are bought by a local frozen food company who sells them as frozen strawberries perfect for a smoothie. This is the indirect impact. Then the farm worker goes home to pay the bills, rent and groceries. That's your induced impact. All these impacts amount to $14 billion annually for Ventura and Santa Barbara counties. That's B for billion. And uh, so, yes, so it is all their contribution as a significant segment of the labor force in the region. The report also shows the work undocumented immigrants do creates an additional 27,000 jobs in these adjacent industries, like that frozen food company. And the knock-on effect of the work of undocumented immigrants goes beyond the local economy. It's felt across the state and nationally. Think about agriculture exports, says Demui. You won't have any export segment of it because these products are produced that actually send you know around the world as well as within the within the region so you have all of these all these industries all these activities depend on the core contribution of the agricultural sector let's move now to taxes specifically income taxes many believe undocumented immigrants don't contribute to these types of taxes says Demui. So I don't know how people get this idea that they are takers. I have another word for it. They are makers, actually. They're not takers of the tax money. They are makers of the tax money. Let's accept it. How do these contributions work? Well, stick with me on this. There's a lot to understand here. First, let's start with how they are hired in the first place. Everyone getting a new job in the U.S. has to prove they are legally allowed to work in this country. You'll recall the I-9 process of showing your U.S. passport or birth certificate or social security card or green card. But undocumented workers don't have any of these and will often use false or fake documents. Or perhaps the employer isn't even following this process. Many undocumented workers, especially in the agriculture industry, find work through agencies or subcontractors. These subcontractors are hired by a farm or ag company to provide workers for the harvest season, for example. These ag companies pay a set fee for the workers, and because they're not hiring directly and using this third-party subcontractor, they don't generally check immigration status or provide benefits, thereby keeping these workers and their illegal work status at arm's length. The subcontractors function like a normal company with payroll, so the undocumented worker is given a pay stub and that'll show taxes being taken off each pay period. Side note here, if workers are paid cash, which violates all sorts of labor and tax laws, there generally is no pay stub and so taxes aren't taken off. 
but many undocumented workers will declare the cash when they file their own taxes each year. They do this because they hope one day to apply for citizenship. And that process requires showing you filed your taxes over a number of years. Most will file taxes using an ITIN number, an individual taxpayer identification number. This is a legal number supplied by the IRS. The IRS isn't checking immigration status and is rather interested in all people working in the US paying income taxes. This number is given to a sports or movie star in the country for a short work stint, for example, and undocumented workers. And you can't use this number to get benefits like social security or unemployment. It's just for paying taxes. The tax contributions of this population amounts to over $550 million in local taxes each year for Ventura and Santa Barbara counties. If you add federal and state taxes together, it amounts to over $2.2 billion. They are paying taxes. And guess what? We pick up our Social Security payment. They don't. They don't pick up anything about Medicare or other things. All those entitlements that we have and we pay towards them, they pay, but they're deprived from the positive consequences. And these contributions are not short term. Demui's report reveals a large part of the local undocumented population, close to 30%, have been in the U.S. for more than 20 years, meaning billions of dollars in tax contributions over the years. Now let's go back to hear the stories of two undocumented workers who can put a human voice to this economic report. First, there's Jorge from Santa Maria. Jorge has been in the U.S. for about 25 years. In those years, he's worked as a gardener and farm worker. Also meet Leticia from Oxnard. She's worked in agricultural packing houses, in fast food restaurants, and in hotel housekeeping. She's been in the U.S. for 18 years. Jorge was just 16 years old when he came to the U.S. from Mexico in search of better economic opportunities. For Leticia, also from Mexico, she was in search of a better future for her daughters. One daughter was born in the U.S., the other two were born in Mexico and are darker recipients. This program allows certain young people who were brought to the U.S. unlawfully as children get some protections against deportation. They don't have, quote-unquote, official legal status, but can get things like a driver's license and work permit. For both Jorge and Leticia, their undocumented status is unlikely to change in the near future. Desafortunadamente, mi situación migratoria es como la de muchos que hay. Leticia says she's like many other people dreaming of that path to legal status. So their jobs over the years contribute to the economy. What about taxes? Both Jorge and Leticia tell me they have taxes taken from their paychecks each payday. They also file their taxes with the IRS every year. With the help of a translator, Leticia elaborates on what that process is like for her. 
Bueno, en cuestión de los taxes, pues para nosotros... How she goes about it is that she receives an ITIN number from the IRS. It's basically a temporary number that they give you so you can file your taxes. And that's what she's used to file her taxes. And the reason why she files her taxes is because it's required to do so. Leticia says she's actually got a refund before. But beyond being a requirement that she do it, filing taxes has been important to Leticia for other reasons. And she gave the example of her daughter when they were applying to college. They needed to have the income statements or the tax statements from her parents. And it's also because... Eventually, if she does want to get some path to citizenship, like you do have to have your taxes made and ready. Because of their illegal status, they don't qualify for the benefits the rest of us take for granted, like social security when we retire or vacation days. Through a translator, Jorge shares what he wishes he had access to. Para mí, yo pienso que es el, como... For me, it's really unemployment um, because I'm undocumented. I'm not able to receive it. Also, things like healthcare, even though they take part of from my check or in like social, I'm not able to receive the benefits from it. Also, like vacation time, the companies that a lot of them work for don't give them back uh, vacation time because they don't have documentation. Leticia says during the pandemic, they were labeled essential workers, but never really got any type of help. All of this leaves these two undocumented immigrants with a lot of worry. My worries are that one day they might just lay me off from work. Getting a job in this area is very, very difficult. You can go weeks or months without being able to get a new job. Uh, Companies are also very strict in hiring new personnel, especially if you don't have citizenship. Leticia also worries about not working and not being able to pay her bills, the uncertainty that comes with it. She also worries about deportation, if California politics were to suddenly become more like Florida, she says. She gets emotional talking about the family members she can never visit in Mexico because of the risk that she wouldn't be able to get back into the U.S. She says, we have, apart from the unknown, we also fear about family back home. She says it's very traumatic when when they lose someone back home and there's just no way of getting back to them when they are sick, when they're in their final moments here on this earth. Both are activists in their communities, speaking out about their circumstances. Leticia helps others like her navigate the life of a worker without papers. Jorge advocates for more protections more safety nets for undocumented workers. It is ironic, of course, that these people are considered quote-unquote illegal immigrants. But their contributions, remember we're talking $14 billion for labor force participation or $550 million in local taxes, 
are very much accepted and spent in our local economies in a legal way. Remember the theme of this report? Inseparable interdependence. This study shows what kind of interdependence exists between a large group of undocumented immigrants and the economy of the region. So Demui's report comes with strong opinions on the issue and some controversial suggestions. For one, he says that Santa Barbara and Ventura County should become sanctuary counties. All the work that they have done during COVID, before, after, it will continue. We enjoy all of that. But we'll let them live in fear of being taken by ICE. I think it's a moral imperative for every county They should take that fear, that layer of the fear away from them and also allow them to be more active, to be freely participating. And I think that would be a greater participation, not a lesser. He says there should also be an emphasis on moving undocumented workers out of the shadows. He says equal pay for equal work needs to be prioritized as currently undocumented workers have little way of negotiating salaries. He says darker recipients also need to be prioritised at places like universities and colleges. He also wants those who call undocumented workers takers or blame them for the economic woes of the day, particularly certain politicians, to know his report proves just the opposite. The economic problems that we have is not because of undocumented immigrants. So don't put the blame there is no reason and there is no evidence to prove. Head over to kclu.org slash podcast where you'll find the digital or text version of this episode where there's a link to the full report. Thank you to Maria Navarro who acted as translator for Leticia. Maria is the senior policy advocate at CAUSE, the Central Coast Alliance United for a Sustainable Economy. And thank you to Daniel Segura, for acting as translator for Jorge. Daniel is a youth and young adult community organizer in Santa Maria for Cause. Thank you to Robert Gomez, who provided additional translation help. Thank you also to Ventura-based immigration attorney Vanessa Frank, who provided legal insights for this episode. The 101 is produced by KCLU Public Radio. We are NPR for the California Coast, part of the NPR Podcast Network. This episode was edited by Elisa Barber. I'm Michelle Luxton, the host and creator of The 101. If you have an idea or a story for one of our next episodes, email me at podcast at kclu.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend about it today. And don't forget to subscribe. I'd also love it if you'd rate or review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. That helps others find our podcast. This is The 101. Thanks for listening.